1: Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Today, a
0: special visit with a very special guest, and boy, he's got some exciting things to share about how God can use us if we're just willing to be vessels yielded to Him to think creatively, and most importantly, to take the examples we th- see throughout the first century church, throughout the New Testament, and not just look at it as a part of history, but rather as in a living example as to how the church today can and should function and impact our communities with the gospel of Christ. Joining me is Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols. He's pastor at New Hope Church Community, a part of Alliance Churches. More information on the web at alliancechurches.org. And Dr. Nichols, great to have you with us today.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you and Great to see you. Besides, at a bass convention,
0: that's it, that. <laughs> <And laughs> indeed, and, and good to be seen, to be sure. Uh, let's talk a bit about your your faith journey. I understand originally born and raised in the Peach State of Georgia. And, Georgia, uh, indeed. You had, uh, as I understand it, you had a teacher that had a profound impact on your life and set you literally on a course, on a track, that God brought you from Georgia to the San Francisco Bay Area, first for an education and then to stay to minister. Tell us a bit about how all that came together.
2: God is an amazing God. Uh, He knew that I was a young man uh, growing up in Georgia dysfunctional family, great mother. She laid some great foundations. And then some things happened in her life that uh, caused us a lot of dysfunctionality in our family. Uh, But I had a renewed relationship with the Lord uh, around the ninth grade. And uh, it was at this time that I met this teacher as well, uh, Mark Lee Jr. And he came to Georgia. His grandmother was living there. And so he came to take care of her and be an itinerant farmer and at the same time work at the school as an English teacher. So really had a chance to meet him, join the debate team, uh, traveled around Georgia, and and we just won everything. Because he said, you need to have a voice like and an accent like Walter Cronkite, a (laughs) (laughs) non-accent. And the Georgia boys went throughout Georgia and swept the debate. Well, somewhere around the 11th grade, my teacher had a moral failure and uh, he had to stop teaching. And that's his testimony. He he's told it very uh, many times. And everybody dropped him like a hot potato. Hmm. The teachers, the students, the debaters, everybody. But I could not. I had fallen in love with his family and with his grandmother Uh, Mother Blackaby, who was every bit of 88 years old at that time, and I continued to go out there. We would pray and have Bible study, but most of all, eat. (laughs) And it was in this space of time that I also received my calling to preach, 16 years of age, and I started preaching the gospel. And in a Georgia black church, when you start preaching at that age, you're under the tutelage of a senior pastor and he takes you all around and what have you. And you preach mostly at youth, conven- at youth meetings and things of that nature. So my, my former teacher knew this. And he said to me, he said, you really need to get your education. And I know of a great school. As a matter of fact, the president will be here in Tallahassee, Florida. Would you like to come with us to hear him? I said, sure. So we went to visit. I looked at the program. And it said, guest speaker, president of Simpson Bible College in San Francisco, Mark Lee Sr. I looked at my teacher, Mark Lee Jr., and I was like, this is your dad? He said, yes. And then I said, what was on my heart, I said, your dad is a preacher? (laughs) That tells you a lot about Mark Lee Jr.'s character at that time. And he said, yes, I'm a preacher's kid, and I have some things God is working out in my life. And he's used you to help me to do that. Mm. And I heard Dr. Markley Sr. preach. And I said, wherever he is the president, that's where I'm going. <laughs> and so that's how I ended up attending Simpson Bible College in uh, San Francisco. And if I could move you forward, maybe eight years after I had graduated, I am now on the Simpson College trustee board. And the new president said, We're giving our first full time scholarship for the first time. And I raised my hand and I said, Excuse me, I came to Simpson on a full time scholarship. And he said, No, Terrence, I checked the record. This is the first time the college has ever given a full ride scholarship. And I said, Well, you need to check or I owe you some money. What? And so he checked the record and he came back with tears in his eyes and said, Terrence, I don't know if they ever wanted this to be revealed, but we did not give you that scholarship. The Lee family gave you that scholarship to attend Simpson Bible College. And so that was just an amazing uh, moment in my life. And I I said, then not only do I have to do this for the glory of God, But as a thank you, I have to live my life as a thank you to the Lee family and all who supported me.
0: I think the beautiful thing, too, uh, Dr. Nichols, about that story is not only the sense of of seeing in you God potential and helping to nurture that calling, but then equally recognizing that whom God calls, he also equips. And the importance of laying down that firm theological foundation— knowing that there would come a time when you move from being the mentored to be a mentor for others certainly a shepherd a head of a church a pastor is, is a mentor for the congregation and to be equipped with the necessary theological foundation uh, that that those roots so to speak that would prepare you to do that and and the, and the and the level of sensitivity in in recognizing that calling in you and then helping to nurture it and you know like one who seed puts the seed in the ground the other one who comes along and waters god turns on the sunshine and brings forth the increase but to acknowledge that in you what what a tremendous gift and 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 boy isn't that something we all should be doing for young people that we see around us that we recognize if we're listening to the holy spirit god has a call on their life I think folks that uh, are new to the Bay Area looking for a church home would be well-blessed to come by and visit. Information available on the web at alliancechurches.org. That's alliancechurches.org. In addition to live streaming, of course, you also have radio broadcasts on Gospel 1190, KDYA. We invite listeners to tune in for that. And we just uh, so much appreciate the time that we shared together, and we'll look forward to um, seeing more of you.
2: Amen.
3: Perfect forgiveness for imperfect families. And sometimes I use usually joke and say, I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking, but this time I'm talking about your family. Yes, I looked in the dictionary on the perfect families and guess what? It ain't in there. It ain't in there. There is a Peanuts cartoon that I love. You all know I love Peanuts, amen? and the peanut cartoon shows lucy chasing after charlie brown as usual and she's shaking her fist at him and screaming i'll get you charlie brown i'll knock your block off and then Suddenly, Charlie Brown screeches to a halt. He turns around at Lucy and he declares to her, he says, we need to do this in a very mature way. Wait a minute, Lucy. You and I are relatively small children. We're relatively small problems. And if we can't sit down and talk through our problems with love and respect, how can we expect the great nations of the world to sit down and talk things through. And then, pow! Lucy knocks him out with the right hand, and she looks over and turns to him and said, I had to hit him quick. He was beginning to make sense. (laughs) Ah, you have had one family holiday gathering with your family. I don't know how much sense it made. If Uncle Charlie came, it probably didn't make a lot of sense. But y'all knew that Uncle Charlie was going to come, and he was going to come with his buzz on. And if he didn't have his buzz on, he had some of it in the trunk of his car. Anybody got an Uncle Charlie? Yours might be Aunt Jane. But they're going to come. And then Cousin Susie came with all them children. Didn't bring a thing for the potluck. But she came with all them children. And she had five children and ten pieces of Tupperware. Because she was going to carry it all home with her. I don't know how your Thanksgiving celebrations go. I pray that they went well. But listen, you got some more celebrations to go to. You got Christmas and you got New Year's and anything else in between. And some of us don't want to get together with our families. And if we do, we hold our breath. Because we don't know if Big Sister is going to take us back to 1972 when you made that mistake and she's going to bring it up again. And so we all have our families and we all have our family issues, but God started the family out as a perfect indication of his love that he had for mankind. He put us in the Garden of Eden, and He provided everything for us. He made us male and female. That's what the Scripture says, amen. So that's what I have to ride with, amen. If it said male and donkey, I would have rode with that. But it said male and female. He made us male and female, and He put us together in the Garden of Eden. And He said, you can eat off of any." thing in the garden except for this tree. Which tree do you think man wanted to eat out of? (laughs) The one that God said, do not eat out of that. And so from the very beginning, there was a, a desire in the heart of man to know what God knew. There was a desire in the heart of man to even want to be like God. And so sin came into the equation, and because sin came into the equation, I can definitely say without any, any, any doubt in my mind is that your family is an imperfect family because sinners and sin still dwell in the world. As a matter of fact, you can go to a preacher's family, and some of the worst sinners are right up under the preacher's roof. Have I got a witness, anybody? Any preacher kids in the house? Oh, I'm not saying all preacher kids are terrible, but I've seen my share of preacher kids, and they can rewrite the definition on sin. Even some of the pastors who are God-fearing, holy men of God who love the Lord seem like they love Him on Sunday, but something's missing on Saturday night. And so even in our Christian families, we find that there's that defying of God. Adam and Eve defied God. Our goal is not to know what God knows, but to know what God's will is so that our lives can be aligned with him and so that we can do his will. Our goal is to know who God loves. And guess what? God loves the fallen family. He loves the fallen members of your family. Cain killed Abel. Right there from the beginning, God created them in his own image, but sin got in, and uh, uh, hurt got into the family, and uh, murder came into the family. We don't have to go that far, and we can see that even in Abraham's family, Abraham had a child out of wedlock trying to do God's will and trying to make God's promise come to pass. Jacob deceived his father and tricked his brother for his birthright. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Sin already and always has been in the family. And the reason why I love the Bible is that the Bible does not paint over broken families. It does not paint over dysfunctional families. Anybody heard the story of Joseph? Joseph had a dream that his father and his brothers were going to bow down to him. And, and you can argue the question whether or not he handled the dream correctly. Maybe he was bombastic with the dream. Maybe he was boastful with the dream. But we find that his brothers Put him and sold him to the Egyptians who were on their way. Yes, there's always been imperfection in the family, and it's right here in the Bible. You don't have to fake that your family is the best family. I know there's some things in the family. I know that when you go home, there's some things that happen behind the closed door. I know that everybody in the family is not perfect, and guess how I know that because you are a part of the family. Oh, pastor, you shouldn't talk about me like that. Somebody said, pastor, tell the truth. If you find the perfect family, leave those folks alone. If you find the perfect church, don't join it. Leave it alone. Let them be the perfect church because guess what? Time you join is going to become Imperfect. Because when I join, I bring all of the stuff that I was raised with. I bring all of the fears that I have. I bring all of the distrust that I have. I bring all of the dysfunctionality that I grew up with unless I let God divinely debunk the dysfunctionality. A dysfunctional family is a family that is in conflict. It has misbehaviors and continuously neglect and abuse other parts of the family members, whether through the parents, whether through the siblings, or whether through extended family members. It's very interesting that when you watch a show like Dr. Phil and sexual abuse is going on, it's ten folks in the house and nobody knew that it was happening. Mainly because they closed their eyes. Uncle wasn't so brilliant and sneaky. It's just that when the child tried to tell the mama in the southern tradition, mama would probably pop you in the mouth and say, boy, be quiet. A child, be quiet. Be quiet. 10 folks in the house in 20 years and nobody knew, that's because dysfunctionality turns the other way. Dysfunctionality has a blind spot when it comes to issues that are in the family. It's the interesting thing that folks will run up to the schoolhouse ready to beat up the teacher because little junior cussed in the classroom. You want to beat up the school and sue the school because they called you off of your job because uh, little junior cussed the teacher out in the classroom. I don't know why you surprised that you cussed little junior out before he left for school. And little junior might cuss in the house. And y'all might say, "Oh, any he cute, any he cute?" And then he goes to school and lets everybody know what's goes on at home. And now you're embarrassed. Now you are upset. That's why when folks call me now, and I have a lot of parents call me, and they say, Pastor, my son just got arrested, and I need you to write a letter to the court giving his characteristics. And I usually ask the parent, well, tell me the truth about his characteristics. Has little Junior always been the terror of the neighborhood? Has Little Junior always been the one that's been in school? And sometimes I investigate it, and I've been put, I've been sitting on the court bench testifying. And the uh, and the prosecuting attorney said, "Well, Reverend, did you know that he shot somebody in 2000? He killed another man in 2002 and got off because it was a technicality." And I'm like, "Oh Lord, have mercy." mama done got me up here pretending her child is perfect! And this is the worst child in Northern California with his behavior, amen. And so there's no sense in us trying to pretend as though we've got the perfect child, that we've got the perfect marriage, that we've got the perfect anything because there's dysfunctionality in it all save Jesus Christ. And so dysfunctionality Continues and regularly leading other members to accommodate such actions. You know, you're going to go over there and Big Mama's going to tell you off. But that's just the way she always is. She always talks about everybody in the family. She's an equal opportunity scorcher. Everybody gets it from Big Mama. That's why you don't go over there except for the holidays, because she's not an encourager, she is an abuser. Have I got to witness anybody? Am I talking anything strange? And if this is not your family, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. A dysfunctional family settles and believes that this type of behavior is normal. It is not normal when mom and dad argue all the time, have I got to witness somebody? It is not normal when the children are being neglected. Have I got a witness, somebody? It is not normal when the children are called stupid, idiots, lazy, or just like your ignorant daddy. Have I got a witness? Anybody. It is not normal to have multiple partners in a relationship. It is not normal to move too many times within a year. Settle down somewhere. There's a home for you. Average American moves 11 times in a lifetime, and I had members, they're not here anymore, they moved about 11 times in a year. It is not normal to hold too many family secrets. It is not normal to be able to provide for, it is not unnormal to be able to provide for your family. That's a normal thing, amen. It is normal, praise God, for husbands and wives to work together. It is normal for, praise God, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. If you are a single woman and you're doing it by yourself, it is the best thing I can advise you, amen, to get rid of some of them daddies, get rid of some of them men. Some of y'all got a water man. Some of y'all got a light bill man. Some of y'all got a grocery bill man. And you're proud of it. You brag about it on Facebook. Somebody said, that's not normal. You need to have one man. Somebody says his name is Jesus. Somebody says his name is Jesus. And he will take care of every bill that you have. Somebody say, I'm going to trust in the Lord. With all of my heart. And with all of my soul. It is not normal for... Mama not to speak to daughter and father not to speak to son and sisters not to speak to each other. You are dysfunctional. And I'll call it out every time I see it in the name of Jesus. You come to me for counseling, I'm gonna tell you the truth, amen. And the truth will set you free. You come to me with their issue, I'm gonna turn around and say, you got an issue, amen. Because even in the midst of our dysfunctionality, even in the midst of our imperfectness, Christ has provided perfect forgiveness. For imperfect family members. And somebody said, Lord, does that include my family? Yes, it does. It includes your family as well. You see, because God provides forgiveness and grace for imperfect family members during this holiday season we have our choices and we have our desires as to where we want to go and to fellowship with this one and the fellowship with that one and to send christmas cards and to send christmas greetings and some of you have already excluded one of your sisters some of you already excluded one of your cousins Some of you have already excluded one of your friends of the past because they did something then. And so I will not allow them in my life now. Oh, aren't you glad that Jesus Christ forgave you of all of your sins? That while you were in your sins, Christ did what? He died for your sins. While you were imperfect, he died for you on the cross of Calvary. And we thank the Lord, hallelujah, that imperfect families give grace to mistakes, forgiveness for failures, that we are able to have a family we will make mistakes and our goal is to offer one another grace for mistakes and forgiveness for failures. God offered us grace and mercy and forgiveness, and we want to offer that to others in the name of Jesus. We want to be gracious, hallelujah, and wise. A wise person learns from his or her mistakes. Paul says three times, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said my grace is what sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. Hallelujah. That's one of the reasons why I like going home, amen, to Georgia. And a lot of them remember me when I was 16, 17, 18. Haven't been there since I was 18 years old. Haven't lived there, rather. And a lot of them will look at me and they say, you still preaching? And I'm happy to report that after 30-something years, I'm still preaching. Hallelujah. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. I don't look like what I've been through. But hallelujah, I'm still here declaring that there is a bomb in Gilead. Declaring that there is a peacemaker and his name is Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. And that life is free. Amen. God can change us on this earth and offer us everlasting life on the other side of this earth. He offers us mercy. Mercy is God not punishing us as our sins deserve. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. Thank God his mercies are what? New every morning. It would be so nice if you went to the next family potluck without any judgment in your heart. Be very careful to not make jokes of your cousin who made the yams ten years ago. And she didn't put no cinnamon, no sugar, no nothing in it. And y'all still joking on the girl. Ten years later, somebody said, no judgment zone. Somebody said, forgiveness zone. How do you feel if somebody, every time you came around them, they brought up your failure. They brought up your mistake. Amen. Be the one that is a mediator. Be the one that is a peacemaker. Bring up something good. Hasn't the girl done anything good over the last ten years? Can you bring that up instead of the mistake, that one mistake that she made? Now she's a CEO making thousands of dollars. God forgave her of the yams, but the family didn't. What about grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor that I do not deserve. And what God gave me and I can't earn it, he gave it to me freely. God gives me what I don't deserve. And thank God none of us deserve His grace. None of us was born with a halo over our head. Some of y'all think you were. But none of us was born with a halo over our head. You don't have to wear white. To be pure, it is what Jesus Christ does on the inside of your heart. And you can't do it for yourself. It is Christ's righteousness on the inside of me. Somebody said, thank you for your grace. Somebody said, thank you for your grace and then thank you for his forgiveness his mercy his grace his forgiveness forgiveness according to the bible is correctly understanding as god's promise not to count our sins against us somebody said thank you jesus he promised not to count our sins against us. Biblical forgiveness requires repentance and our, on our part turning away from the old life of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. One condition for receiving forgiveness for God is our willingness to forgive other people. Yes, if you want God to forgive you of your sins, then you must forgive others of their sins. Somebody say, ouch, this morning in the name of Jesus. But listen, 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 listen. Human forgiveness is a reflection of our experience and understanding understanding of God's forgiveness in our lives, because God forgave me of so much. I've got to forgive somebody else. Because God looked away from the sins and the dirty things that I have done. And if I call a roll, there are folks in here. You haven't always been righteous. You haven't always done things right. All I gotta do is count your age and count the age of your oldest child. And I know that there was some sucky sucky going on somewhere. Amen. You, you sometimes all you gotta do is count the age of the child and count the number of years you've been married there was some sookie sookie going on somewhere and you ought to just say thank you Jesus thank you for the forgiveness in my life I'm not trying to embarrass anybody I'm just trying to deliver you from your judgmental attitude I'm just trying to deliver you from the fact that you think that nobody else sees it God saw it and he forgave you come on put your hands together and say thank you God for forgiveness. I'm not hiding anything. And the old folks say, if it don't come out in the wash, it'll come out in the rinse. We just might as well say, thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness that you have given unto me. I was a far off, and you brought me near. Amen. Yes, the Bible declares unto us that we have the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Proverbs 17 and 9 says, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Stop repeating other folks' mistakes. Stop repeating what people did to you 19, 20, 25 years ago. Start repeating the Scriptures, amen, that if I heap love upon them, I'm heaping like a burning fire a coal upon their heads. Have I got any witnesses here? Stop repeating mistakes. I know you got a divorce, hallelujah, and I know that it was 20 years, 30 years ago, but you act like it was yesterday, amen. You still hate that man. You still hate that woman. It's time for you to offer some forgiveness, amen. I didn't say you had to get back with the man, amen. That's between you and God, hallelujah. But what also is between you and God is that at least you forgive. Forgive him. Amen. Hallelujah. Forgive him. Forgive his mama. Amen. Forgive his sister. Forgive the dog that you threw out when you threw out the man. Yo, we just gotta forgive folks. Amen. And say, Lord, there is perfect forgiveness for imperfect family members. Yes, Ephesians 4 and 12 says, be kind. Somebody said, be kind. Somebody said, be "Be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Now this is the church, folks, this is our church family, that in our church family we have to learn how to forgive one another even in the church family, amen? And then for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will do what? Forgive you. Somebody said, forgive me, Lord. Say it loud. Say, forgive me, Lord. Somebody said, forgive me, Lord. Now, I want you to think about somebody in your life that has hurt you, somebody in your life that has wronged you. I know if I had a conversation with you, you'd give me a lot of excuses, and you will say, but pastor, you don't know what they did. I don't need to know what they did. You know what they did, and that's why they need forgiveness. Perfect people don't need forgiveness. Imperfect people need forgiveness. Amen. And so I need you to get it in their heart. Get it in your mind. And, and at the count of three, in your own way, if you want to call their name out loud, if you want to say it amongst yourself, but I need you to say it say it with me. Say, Lord, I forgive. Now call their name. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I forgive. And call their name. Y'all don't look free. i got to say it again. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I forgive. Now call their name. Now come on, I need some hands of praises on this. We're not going to let the devil have his way here. We're not going to let the devil take away from the things that God wants to do in your life. And so yes, there is perfect forgiveness. Amen. And then God puts us in the perfect family of God to practice perfect forgiveness. If you find that perfect church don't join it because everything looks rosy on the outside but when you get inside even in families i remember i I told y'all how dysfunctional my family was when i was growing up and i went over to my best friend's house and they invited me to stay and we had a fish fry and lord that was the best fish fry and i said i'm gonna stay amen and if i can i'm gonna stay forever because I love this family. Amen. And after the fish fry, all hell broke loose. They didn't show that when I was visiting, but, but when I was spending the night, they couldn't help but be themselves. And I saw all kind of manner of dysfunctionality, all kind of bad words towards one another. And I said, you know what? I'm going back to the dysfunctionality that I know. I know how to deal with that, but this over here, I don't know how to deal with it. And then God began to show me how I didn't have to live with that kind of dysfunctionality in my life anymore. I thank God that a father to the fatherless is who he is. He is a defender of the widows. Is God in his holy dwelling? God sets the lonely in families. Hallelujah. And I'll never forget leaving a dysfunctional family in Georgia and coming to Simpson University. And I came to get a college education, but God set the lonely, dysfunctional boy in the midst of a holy family on campus. And those professors loved us. They loved the dysfunctionality out of us, Hallelujah! They loved the hurt out of us. They loved the misery out of us by offering mercy. The Bible says, "In love." Somebody say, "In loved." He pre destined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in according with his pleasure and his will. How did I get healed? I was loved by the Simpson community. I joined Mount Zion Baptist Church and we had a little dysfunctionality there. But listen, they loved you, amen. Sometimes they'd beat you up themselves, but they wouldn't let nobody else beat you. <laughs> and so we had to learn how to live with one another but they loved me as a teenager at Mount Zion and I was adopted into that church and we are adopted into the family of God somebody said we are adopted into God's family somebody said we are adopted into God's family that's why i love the alliance churches you can come here hurting and find yourself healed amen you can come here in pain and people will surround you and pray for you and you leave out praising the name of god Anybody ever had a problem, and the people of God in this church surrounded you with love and support, and Lord, don't ask them to pray, amen. You have to stop asking them to pray, because these folks around here will pray for you, amen. They'll lock hands with you after the service, and We'll have a whole nother service get started because they want to pray with you and for you. Aren't you glad for the Alliance Ministries? Hallelujah! Aren't you glad for the people here? Somebody say thank you, Jesus. You see, because even though we are from different villages, I'm from the village of Georgia. Amen! Hallelujah! Some of you all are from villages in the Philippines. Some of you are from the villages, praise God, in Texas or New Jersey, wherever your village is. Some people like Vanita was born here. She's a stranger, y'all. Look at her. She was born in Vallejo. Amen. Not too many folks. Any other folks born in Vallejo? Amen. We have a few. Amen. Born right here. You were born on the bridge. Amen. We're going to argue whether you was over the border or not. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we thank God for folks who were born here. But you know, we can mix us all together. Amen. And then when we hear a song like all the praises belong to God and we hear a song that ends with amen, 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 everybody will be able to say amen. Yes, we are from different places, but God has brought us along the journey of salvation. And we have been adopted in the family of God. And He did it by the cross. Somebody said, thank God for the cross. At the cross is level ground. At the cross, all of us can come and plead our case at the cross he was strung up for you and for me at the cross he did away with all of our iniquities at the cross yes he died for your sins and my sins at the cross he said father Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. At the cross, at the cross, all of my burdens were rolled away. At the cross, at the cross, he died, he died for your sins, he died for my sins. Joseph and Nicodemus came and laid him in Joseph's new tomb, yes, he stayed there all night. Friday night. Stay there all night. Saturday night. But early, early, early. That Sunday morning. Jesus got up from the grave. All power is in his hands. Now he's got power. Bring those who was far off, he'll bring you near. He's got power to bring those who was living in darkness. You can be in his marvelous light, he's got power, yes. We were enemies and we were enemies of ourselves. And now we're in the fellowship of the believers. We're fellas in the same ship, loving Jesus, living for Jesus, and telling men and women he's real, he's real, and the reason I know he's real, he's real. On the inside, have I got a witness hell? We were a mess, but God took a mess and made a miracle. God took a mess and made a ministry out of us. Anybody glad that you're not what you used to be? Say yes, say yes, tell God yes. Tell him thank you that you wash me. Tell him thank you. I was hell bound and hell bent. Now I'm heaven bound. Heaven is my home. I was disruptive and destructive. Now I have a divine destiny. I was mad and sad. But now I've got joy, joy in my hands. Keep it clapping in my hands Keep it dancing in my feet I've got joy all over me Put your hands together If you got joy Open your mouth If you got joy Tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you I was lonely and a loner, but now I've got Jesus, somebody say Jesus, I've got Jesus, my Savior, Jesus, my Redeemer, Jesus, my Healer, Jesus, my wheel in the middle of the wheel. I've got Jesus, the bright and morning star. I've got Jesus, the bread of life. I've got Jesus, the water of life. I've got Jesus. If you've got Jesus, say thank you, Jesus. Come on, tell him thank you, Jesus. If you've got Jesus, put your hands together. Tell him thank you. If you've got Jesus, you ought to stand up and testify. My God. I got him. I got him. And he's in my soul. Somebody said thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Come on put those holy hands together. Put those hands together. Declare to him. Declare to him. I love you Lord. Come on declare to him I love you. For your perfect forgiveness. For my imperfect life. Perfect forgiveness for my imperfect state of being. Perfect forgiveness for my imperfect families. And now that you have forgiven me, help me to exercise that to my family members. I'm going to be seeing them. I'm going to be seeing them. And and somebody's going to say something that's going to get on the last nerve at the back of my neck. But, oh, God, help me help me to live a life of forgiveness help me not to join the others who still hold on the grudges oh I just said something there cause families love to split and divide I thought you was on my side I'm on Jesus' side I'm not on nobody's side I'm on Jesus' side and that side is right
2: and holy and all of us fail in our mistakes I want to tell you something most of you know that I didn't grow up with my father
3: we began to know about him and he was a pastor and he was a educator, a principal at one point and a president of a Bible college and another, but he did not have the gravitas in his life to bring the children
2: together. Children from outside marriage, that was my sister and I, outside relationship rather, and his children that was raised in the house with him.
3: And when he died, we heard about it. We didn't
2: even know if anybody knew about us, but we heard about it and I researched it on the internet and surely there was his obituary. This was in August. He died and was buried
3: in May. And God said, I want you to reach out to one of the sisters. Never talked to them a day in my life. He never united us together at all. And after four or so months of pondering and wondering, and I did reach out to them. And that sister said, I knew about you guys but dad never took the initiative to bring us together so I never took the initiative to get in touch with you all she said now I got to tell the other two she said but I don't know how that's gonna go
2: because one of them thinks dad is perfect that dad never made any mistakes And so she told them and we planned a meeting in Atlanta when
3: I was preaching a revival there and we all met my sister and I and those three sisters. And one of the sisters did say, you know, this is hard for me because I never saw my dad as anything but perfect. She said, but you know what? I had to forgive my husband awesome stuff and if I forgave my husband I could forgive my dad
1: and if I receive the
3: child from my husband I can receive the children from my father now that's forgiveness perfect forgiveness for an imperfect family and some of y'all are holding on to stuff and you think you're doing something big You think you're doing something bad, because you won't budge. And God says it's breaking you down. One of the number one reasons for cancer is stress and and all that stuff that's boiled up on the inside. High blood pressure, how many pills you popping? And you holding on to stuff and won't forgive nobody. God is saying let it go. He's got perfect forgiveness. For imperfect people and imperfect families and imperfect situations.
2: We want our psalmist to come back and minister something sweet and soft. And if there
3: is a person here, you're saying, Pastor, I just need prayer for my family. I need prayer for me. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to tell it. God knows what you're asking for. The altar is going to be open for anyone who would like to come and just receive prayer for forgiveness. We want to break the yoke of dysfunctionality in our families. We want to break the yoke of unforgiveness in our families. We want to break the yoke of burdens that have been holding us down and holding us back. And you can name them right now. You know what I'm talking about. God wants to do that. In your life. For those who are present. For those who are watching.
2: You know what it is. You can pray with us. As our, our psalmist for the day ministers. This is the time to come. To the altar. Let us all stand. Let us all
4: stand. Let us all stand.
2: If you would like to come for prayer. saying yes. This is that moment. This is that time. Come. Come. Hallelujah. There in Online screen. This is your moment. This is your time. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Will you
3: come? Spirit speaks to me. Oh Lord Jesus.
4: Oh heart I agree. And my answer will be yes.
3: Lord, hallelujah. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Come, 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 come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just start praying right now and say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Is there a sister that'll come stand with one of these sisters, with each of these sisters? Is there a sister that'll come stand with them? Hallelujah. And my answer will be yes,
4: Lord,
3: yes. Is there another? Is there another? Will you come?
4: Will you come? I'll say yes. Lord, yes, to your, oh Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, sing that with us, sing that with
3: us, sing it with us, sing it with us,
4: oh Lord.
0: Dr. Terrence Nichols, pastor at New Hope Church Community, a part of Alliance Churches. More information on the web at alliancechurches.org.
1: This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website, to Church of the at SalemSF.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor in church, along with a link to the website and email to church of the at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week.